You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast, a preview edition to get ready for BYU and Texas State tomorrow night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Is this game going to be intriguing in any way, shape, or form? We'll try and make sense of it all ahead on today's show. We'll also catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Go, as well as All Guard Pest Control. I promise you we'd have Seth on to talk about your questions that you sent in this week, and we have delivered. We'll have that later on in today's podcast. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 23rd, 2020. What's up, friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Kicking off today's show, uh, real, real quick, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode and join us every day as we talk BYU sports. All right, now on to business. BYU taking on Texas State tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff is what is scheduled on ESPN. I would expect that this game, as is usual with late night games, gets bumped back a little bit, maybe closer to an 8.30 kickoff before we get going out there at the Ed. But looking forward to this game. I get that Texas State is probably the least interesting opponent BYU has faced so far this year, especially considering they're 1-5. Their team from San Marcos, they've been a Division I program, I think, for, what, eight years now? I think they joined the FBS ranks in 2012. And most of that time that they've been at the top level of college football, it's been pretty awful frankly. Jake Spavital, their head coach down there at Texas State. We played some of his comments earlier this week. I think he's fully aware of what he's up against when he brings his Bobcats team to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but regardless, they will come in here and try and work an upset that would be of, I think, biblical proportions. It'd be an absolutely monstrous upset. And this game, folks, many of you are probably sitting there thinking, well, what is there really to pay attention to? I think there are a few things you can pay attention to. First thing, can BYU avoid a letdown after a big win over Houston and going into a game like this where you know that this team is dragging, they have kind of fallen off a cliff here at one and five, but also understanding the last time you played at home against UT San Antonio, many of your fans were left, I guess, dissatisfied with your performance. BYU's 5-0, folks, but all five of those wins are not created equal. I think the UTSA game opened some eyes, made people nervous going into the Houston game, and BYU did nothing to, I think, keep people from thinking something was up in the second and third quarters of that Houston game, but the fact that they controlled the first and the fourth and dominated, frankly, both of those quarters led them to that win on the road. Now you come back home against a team that has suffered a lot of close losses. Most of Texas State's losses have been within one point. They had an opportunity to upset Boston College, led or tied the entire way until a last-second field goal from the Eagles lifted them over Texas State. 
battled UTSA, the same team that gave BYU fits two weeks ago down there in Provo to uh, double or triple overtime before losing that game. So this is a pretty feisty Bobcats team, but I think the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit here for them. So I think the biggest thing is you want to see BYU come out in this game and just absolutely control it from start to finish. There's no thought of an upset brewing with Texas State. You can you just avoid that. If, if you want BYU fans, if I'm a BYU football player or a coach or administrator, what I'm hoping for is that BYU comes out, races out to a big lead, and then just kind of cruises on home with the victory. There's none of this falling behind Texas State. You do that, BYU fans, and there will be fans in the stands tomorrow night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, will probably be a little less than enthused because this is a team speaking of Texas State, that comes in and they are bruised and battered and it should be an opportunity for you guys to go out and put up some points if you're the BYU football program. The guys to be aware of from Texas State in terms of players to pay attention to, we'll talk a little bit about their offense first here and how they match up against BYU's defense and we'll flip over and do the opposite, BYU's offense against Texas State's defense. But their starting quarterback in this game will be Brady McBride. He has passed for 809 yards this season. He's completing 61 percent of his passes he has a six touchdown to two interception ratio uh, his counterpart of the position Tyler Vitt who has started a number of games and seen plenty of action he has completed 63 and a half percent of his passes for 602 yards as well as the same uh, ratio of six touchdowns to two interceptions here is the big stat for these quarterbacks though and this is why BYU I think should be looking their chops uh, defensively the sack yardage and the sacks that these quarterbacks have taken. Brady McBride in the games he has played so far has taken nine sacks. Tyler Vitt has taken seven sacks. That is 16 sacks given up through six games for Texas State. And a BYU football program who's had a resurgent season in terms of sacks. They are up to 16 on the season through five games. That is one off of what they tallied the entire season last year. Should be thinking, you know what? As a defensive lineman, we're going to go out there. We're going to get after these guys, especially Brady McBride. Uh, Additionally, the running backs for Texas State, they go by committee similar to what BYU has done. Calvin Hill is their leading rusher with 333 yards on the year. Brock Sturgis, his uh, backfield running mate, has 281 yards. Both of them have three touchdowns on the year. And then Jamil Jeter, the only other player with over 100 yards on the season, he's got 111 yards with one touchdown to his name. So I think this is going to be a team that's going to try and come in and throw it. I think they understand that BYU is going to be very stout against the run. It's been BYU's strength all year in terms of stopping rushing attacks. But additionally, this is a porous offensive line. Uh, Kef Chardello, the beat reporter for Texas State for the Austin American Statesman, uh, told DJ and PK, the show I work for um, during my day job earlier this week, or actually yesterday, the, the three places where Texas State is beat up the absolute most are the offensive line, the defensive line, and the secondary. We'll get to the last two here in a moment, but if the offensive line is not giving these quarterbacks any time to make passes, uh, get the ball out, give it, hand it off to the running backs, give them holes to have success rushing the ball, 
could be a long day uh, for Texas State. I do think that the Bobcats have two very good wide receivers, uh, Jeremiah Hadel as well as Jamare Sharid. Both of them very talented. Marcel Barbie also pretty good. All of them similar in yardage. Uh, Hadel 275 yards and f- three touchdowns on the season. Jamare Sharid has 227 yards and just one touchdown. And then Marcel Barbie 218 yards but leads the team with four touchdown receptions. So these are some wide receivers that can catch the ball, I think could challenge BYU's cornerbacks. But I think BYU coming off that second half, especially the fourth quarter performance where their press man cover one scheme worked and allowed the BYU defensive line to get after a guy like Clayton Toon, you got to be thinking they're going to try this again against Texas State. And if it works, BYU could have a field day in terms of harassing uh, whoever's at quarterback, regardless if it's Brady McBride or Tyler Vitt there. But expect to see Brady McBride get the start here for Texas State. But that offensive line, it sounds like it's pretty beat up and it could open some holes for BYU to expose on defense. We'll switch over. We'll talk about the BYU offense and what they can do against this Texas State defense. Let's put it this way. I think they could put it on a lot tomorrow if they want to. We'll examine that here in just a moment as our preview edition of the podcast rolls on. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Go. We've talked about Built Bars in the past, guys. Built Go is a new product from our good friends over at Built Bar. And what I love about this company is they want to help you guys break through whatever wall you may be running into. Many of you know, if you don't, I do early morning sports radio. I do the morning drive with DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network. That requires me to be up most days, 3.30 a.m., sometimes a little bit earlier. And I'll tell you what, by the early afternoon, afternoon, one, two o'clock, I hit a wall that I have to just slog my way through, or sometimes I take a nap. I don't know what it is, but one thing that's helped me battle through that wall has been our good friends at Built Go. What Built Go is, is they want to help you guys break through anything that may be holding you back, mentally, physically, no matter what it is. They combine energy gel with collagen protein. It is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. You take this gel, you, you eat it, it doesn't feel like an anvil is falling into your stomach guys some of them can feel like that this is not that built goes also loaded with good stuff to ignite your work it is a great way to go about getting yourself through those walls especially like a guy like me where that mid-afternoon lull kicks in and you're like oh man I am gassed. That's what Built Go is here for. It's the five-hour energy without the same crash feeling afterwards. It's all natural, so it's better for your body, guys. It is the perfect complement to your daily routine. Check them out now at BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. You'll get 20% off your next order. Three unique flavors right now, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. I'm a big fan of that chocolate coconut. It's a really fun flavor. I'd encourage you guys to check it out. Once again, BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code LOCK. Save yourself 20% off and break through whatever walls are holding you back. Let's go. Let's continue on with our preview edition, looking at the Texas State matchup for BYU here. Let's flip over and talk about BYU's offense against Texas State's defense. There is one guy in particular from Texas State that if I'm BYU on offense, I'm being very wary of on the defensive side of the ball, and that's Nico Ezador. He's a defensive lineman for Texas State. He actually leads the Bobcats in tackles on the season so far. He has 35 on the season, 19 of them assisted, 16 solo. Additionally, He has two and a half sacks on the season. And the most important and most impressive number is he has a eight 
tackles for loss on the season. This is a guy who has made a living in the backfield, and he's a very, very good player. BYU has seen some good defensive linemen from the state of Texas over the past couple of weeks. Nico Ezador, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, by the way, he may be the next one in the list here. We've seen some good ones over the past couple of weeks, like I said, but Ezador is one that I would keep an eye on because I think he has got the capability of making things a little bit tougher for BYU. We talked about earlier this week how BYU's gone about uh, retooling their depth chart, having all those oars by the guys for BYU on offense. Here's what I expect from the BYU offensive line in terms of my starters tomorrow. And this comes from both my gut feeling as well as talking with people around the program, our so-called practice insiders. I expect from left to right, left tackle will be Brady Christensen back at his home at left tackle. I have seen no reason why you take him out of the lineup. I think Clark Barrington as well will start once again at left guard, the spot he has made his own all year long. And then at center, I think the first question comes here. James Empey has practiced earlier this week. He's practiced in a limited fashion. I do think BYU will be very cautious with him. Obviously, they want him healthy, most importantly, for two weeks out when they take on Boise State. I believe that Tristan Hodge is in line to get his start tomorrow at center rather than his normal right guard spot. He started out earlier this year before his complications due to COVID as well as pneumonia. He is back. He has been practicing with the first team all week. And my expectation is barring something unforeseen, Tristan Hodge will be your starting center against Texas State. At right guard, the spot that Tristan Hodge naturally would reassume if James Empey were healthy. I think Chandon Herring probably gets the start there. But there is some thought and some people I've talked to think that Keanu Saliapaga could take that spot if Chandon Herring struggles at any point. Saliapaga is a starting caliber offensive lineman for BYU. If he's back fully fit and in game shape, he could play in this game. Probably at right guard, maybe at right tackle, but keep an eye out for number 61. At right tackle, I think you're going to have Blake Freeland starting once again there. It's been a season-long back and forth between him and Harris Lachance. If for whatever reason the uh, Eric Mateos feels like Keanu Saliapaga is better fit at right guard, I can see Chandon Herring moving out to right tackle. The good news out of all of this, folks, is BYU has six, seven, eight, nine possibly 10 guys who could challenge for starting time right now that are healthy along this offensive line and it's going to be a battle I think that the good news is is all of that work all those position battles in practice are going to yield probably the best combo of five offensive linemen we may have seen all year long I know that that group that went out there against Navy was pretty stellar but I'm telling you what don't take anything for granted when it comes to Keanu Saliapaga he is a fantastic player now, Nico Ezador, a good player for Texas State, but one guy does not make a defensive line. I think BYU should control the trenches pretty easily. The rest of the defensive line for Texas State has got a bunch of injuries, but the biggest hit unit for Texas State is in the secondary. Uh, Jake Spavital, we played this on the podcast earlier this week, if you missed it. He said that, that they could go into this game, speaking of Texas State, with just five to seven defensive backs to play the entire game against BYU. If you are Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes, the entire BYU offensive brain trust, Fessy Satake included, uh, Steve Clark, whoever you want to include there, 
they've got to be thinking, holy smokes, we could carve these guys up. Texas State has just been absolutely decimated at the position. They've had some targeting penalties recently that have had some guys sitting out, but they've also had a number of season-ending injuries, and that's the concern. Uh, Quarterbacks Cordell Rogers and Roderick Hockley, who are starting caliber guys for Texas State, uh, both suffered injuries. Hockley, who apparently uh, dislocated his hand. I'm not sure how you go about doing that. It sounds awful. He's likely out for the season, according to what we're reading about. Rogers aggravated a leg injury that may require him to miss this game. Uh, Spavital just talked about the fact that they are just beat up up and down the roster, especially at the secondary. And if you're Zach Wilson, you're sitting there thinking, okay, another 400 yard outing. Let's go do this thing. I think BYU controls this game from start to finish, folks. If they don't, it'd be a severe disappointment. I think they should be able to put 500 yards and name whatever score they want to put on the board. I know that Kalani Satake at some point will call off the dogs, will likely sit the first string offense to give them some rest. Guys like Tyler Algier, even a guy like Zach Wilson could do well to take some time off and rest their body a little bit in a game like this. I think Baylor Romney in the second unit can handle the cleanup duty. You can even see time for guys like a Jacob Conover, a Soljay Maiava-Peters at quarter back in this type of a game if BYU rolls out to a big of a lead as they in theory could roll out so should be an interesting night it might not be the most interesting game in terms of uh, what keeping you engaged with concern if BYU is going to win this game but there's still an opportunity you know what for BYU to get better in a game like this and especially offensively they should go out and have a big outing just based on everything I've read about and what I'm seeing on paper coming up here in just a moment though we'll get to my prediction for the game we'll also catch up on some of the other news and notes when it comes to the BYU athletic department the women's golf program in action this weekend we'll have it all covered for you here in just a moment before we do that though Going to welcome in a special guest now. I talked about it earlier on in the week. If you guys send in questions for our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, you'll be entered to win a free service from them. I'm bringing in Seth Baird now, the owner. Love Seth. I've known him for a long time. Does great work. And Seth, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and yourself? Doing good. Uh, thanks for taking some time to join us. I think a lot of people have heard me riff on All Guard and the great things that they do, but I think it's good to have them hear your voice. You are, of course, the owner of All Guard Pest Control. Uh, we have some questions that have been sent in, but first things first, how is business treating you? Oh, it's doing good right now. It's the busy time of year. The spiders and mice are all moving in, so although when everything starts getting colder, that's when they're trying to find a nice place to shelter um, during the winter months. Absolutely. So that actually brings up a good point here, uh, Seth, I want to talk about. Our first question was sent in by Dan this week, and he asked the question, what poisonous insects do I need to be aware of living in the state of Utah? Well, there is a little bit of a difference. Poisonous is one thing, but what we really need to be worried about is venomous. Um, those are the ones that will kind of bite and get you. Uh, the probably mo- the biggest one is just the black widow, um, and that's the most kind of awesome one to look at at the same time. I think they're pretty neat. But, yeah, the black widow is probably the most common one. Um, there's a few other ones, but the black widow, and this is the time we kind of see them, too. Um, they're just moving into a little bit closer in structures. You probably are seeing them kind of around your porch areas in between the little cracks and crannies. Um, they have that big web. And that's one reason it's a big Halloween decoration at the same time. Um, and uh, they are venomous, um, but uh, you do need to be concerned about it. 
but if an average healthy person gets bit by it, um, you'll go to the doctor. They just might send you home with a little bit of antibiotics and ibuprofen. Just the younger kids and the a little bit of older people, those are the ones you you need to be worried about, and that's where they save the antidote for that at the same time. And obviously, All Guard can help abate those problems so you don't have to deal with them. Uh, our next question, Seth, here is one I think it re- revolves around you guys. I've talked about with uh, All Guard how you guys are willing to go anywhere and everywhere to service people, make sure that they have their homes protected. McKay uh, sent in a question asking, he lives in Davis County. Obviously, All Guard Pest Control, you guys are based in Utah Valley. He asked the question, is there an extra cost cost or fee to receive services up where I live in Davis County if you guys are coming from Utah County? Uh, no, not at all. I, it's same price everywhere else um, when we go. Uh, we, we do have quite a bit of clients up there um, at the same time. We do try and fit them in when we do come up, but if uh, we know everybody's schedules don't really work out, so if, if they need it done, then it, we'll get it done, but there's not extra cost whatsoever so it's we drive for a living um we're a service business and that's just what we do all right and our final question today seth is a good one i think you'll enjoy this obviously seth you're a big byu fan like many of the people listening to this podcast and the question is does pest control work or treatments work on salty utah fans uh unfortunately it doesn't i mean we all run into (laughs) them but some it's i'm not a salty BYU fan. Um, a lot of my good friends are Utah fans. I just have good fun with them. Um, but they do got the upper hand, unfortunately, on us. And this year would have been a great game. But it's, I mean, the salty Utah fans, they don't bug me. So there's no reason to to, to really <laughs> put them out for anything. All right. Well, Seth, uh, it's exciting to have you on each week. Of course, we'll put McKay and Dan into our prize hopper here. We'll do a giveaway here in the next little bit. If people do have questions, they can reach out to us on social media at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. But make sure, additionally, that you reach out to All Guard Pest Control and have them take care of your pest control needs, no matter what it might be. Where can they find you guys? Uh, yeah, we're... Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is probably our website, All Guard Pest Controls, which uh, has an S on the end. Um, that's the biggest thing. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram at the same time, just All Guard Pest Control. Uh, we got the nice little purple spider uh, logo on there. We're very distinctive, and, I mean, our, our team's awesome. Um, you'll be happy with anybody that comes out to your home, and our office manager is one of the best at the same time, and we're quick and responsive. Awesome, Seth. Looking forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Go Cougars. There you go. Seth Baird. Appreciate him being a part of Locked On Cougars. You can call them 801-851-1812. That's All Guard Pest Control. You also can go to All Guard Pest Controls with an S.com to learn more about them. Love our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I hope you will trust them to take care of your home. And make sure you guys send in your questions for next Friday's show and be entered to win a free service from our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. As we round out this Friday edition of the show, looking forward to BYU getting onto the field tomorrow night against Texas State. We'll get to my prediction here in just a moment. I'm going to keep you guys on the hook just a minute longer. But before we do that, wanted to say best of luck to BYU women's golf. They battled through 35 mile an hour winds yesterday in the first two rounds of the tournament of the Cowgirl Classic in Stillwater, Oklahoma yesterday. This is the second of three fall events for BYU women's golf. Uh, good showing, though 
for Alicia May Mateo. She saw a 71 to move into the top 10 in Lee BYU on day one of that event. Uh, day two happening today. Uh, depending on weather delays and everything, you can get live scoring at golfstat.com. Hopefully BYU can have a better showing. They're in seventh place after the first day after 36 holes with rounds of 319 and 307. So good to see them improving round to round. Texas State, uh, excuse me, Texas Tech, not Texas State. We're talking about Texas State in football. Texas Tech is leading the tournament uh, with a 298 and a 293. Good showing for the Red Raiders in the first two rounds of that tournament. So best of luck to BYU women's golf as they round out play out there in Stillwater today. One other note on the BYU women's golf front is former BYU golfer great Leah Garner. She's actually returning to BYU to be an assistant coach for the women's golf team. Kerry Roberts, the head coach, said, quote, I am super excited to bring Leah on as an assistant coach. She was a very successful player and brings a wealth of experience playing the game at every level. Garner was a four-year standout for BYU, and she was All-West Coast Conference first-team honoree for four years, helped BYU win a conference title in 2016. She also went on to have a pro career while also coaching part-time at Southern Virginia University, where she comes from most recently having coached to join the BYU Women's Golf Program. It's always good to have alums as part of this program to build it up, and I think that you'll see Leah Garner doing some good things for BYU Women's Golf. So congratulations to her on the return to working with the Cougars. All right, here we go. Prediction time for BYU and Texas State tomorrow night. The spread opened up at 30 points. It's gone down. It's gone up. It's still sitting around the four touchdown mark as of recording of this podcast. And I think that's probably a good mark for BYU in this game. I do think the Cougars are going to try and rest starters a little bit more than what they normally might if they're able to race out to a big lead. I'm thinking like midway through the third quarter, potentially starters are out of this game if the game is going as they expect it to. So here's my prediction. I'm predicting that BYU puts up 52 points on offense and limits Texas State to 14 points. So 52 to 14 is my prediction for the Cougars tomorrow night. Another 50-point outing for BYU on offense. But I think this is a game that BYU technically probably could name their score and go out and get it if they really want to. Looking forward to the game. As always, you guys can send in your predictions if you'd like to us on our social media feeds. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search out the show Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. And as always, you can email the show Locked On on BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your Friday whenever you hear this. Looking forward to seeing BYU and Texas State tomorrow night. We'll do, a, I guess, a late night edition, a Sunday morning edition, I guess we'll call it, of the podcast, recapping whatever happens against the Bobcats. And of course, regular editions of the show come back bright and early Monday morning. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for October 23rd, 2020.